Anita mom, good morning. Well, guys, I can hear you loud and clear. Welcome to the show. All right. Uh, we are talking about the realities of young women navigating access to sexual and reproductive services and information. So, um, Toby, what are the sexual and reproductive services and information that young women need? Okay, so basically, young women need um, scientifically accurate information on issues that are related to their sexuality, um, which include them having sex, how to go about having safe sex, um, what to do when it's time for them to reproduce, if they want to reproduce, how they want to reproduce, also information on abstinence, is that what they want for themselves, information on contraception, information on how to navigate relationships. So it's very important that um, young women be equipped with uh, the knowledge, skills, and attitudes, and the values are very key to them living a healthy and safe sexual and productive lifestyle because this um, this empowers them with communication and skills that will enable them to recognize unhealthy sexual relationships and also to enable them to make informed decisions and choices. Okay. Um... Yeah. You want to give us examples of these um, services that are available and the information? Yeah, so um, the services they need and the ones that I think are available in Nigeria include the services of a peer educator. So a peer educator is very important in a young woman's life, in a girl's life, especially in a country um, such as this, where misinformation, fake news and myths are um, they spread like wildfire. So the services of a peer education is uh, educator is very important because a peer educator um, provides young women with accurate information on how to maintain a healthy sexual and reproductive lifestyle. It also helps them. A peer educator also helps them know all the available safe um, sexual and reproductive options and services that um, young women can can have access to. Uh, the the, the services of a peer educator is very crucial in girls' lives, especially when they are just eating puberty, because this is when they are going through um, very strange body changes that they need someone to guide them, they need someone to talk to them about what is going on in their bodies, what is happening in their bodies, because this is a time where people feed them with information on, oh, if they're having menstrual cramps, should have sex, it's going to reduce the menstrual cramps. Or if you don't have breast, um, do this so you can grow breast. Because at this at this point in girls and young women's life, when they are just eating puberty, um, they start to have um, self-esteem issues, which can affect them if they do not have like the right person to talk to. So the services of a peer educator is very important. Contraceptive services are also important um, for young women, especially those who are sexually active. Um, contraceptive uh, services enables them to have safe sex, to have um, uh, to prevent them from having unintended pregnancy. It also enables them, or it also protects them from contracting STI, STD. Uh, these are diseases that can be transmitted through um, sexual intercourse. STI, STD testing services are also very important. Um, it is important that young people, even if they are not uh, sexually active, go for 
good signal here and to do testing services so that we can know their cases so that if they probably contract PR uh, or STD, uh, it will be very easy for them to treat um, the disease of the uh, infection in time before it goes into um, something that can be life threatening. Okay. Then, yeah. So, who are the people responsible to provide these services and information as you have highlighted? Uh, which class of people are responsible for that? Okay, I'm going to mention that the first um, body, the first um, institution that is very responsible for providing these services and information, the government. Right? The government ought to make sure that comprehensive sexuality education is part of every school's curriculum in Nigeria. But unfortunately, um, comprehensive sexuality education, which I will continue to call CSE, is not part of the school curriculum because comprehensive sexuality education would provide all this information I'm talking about on sexuality, on puberty, on reproduction, abstinence, contraception, uh, sexual violence prevention, and body image relationships to young people. It teaches young people autonomy and all that, but it's not part of the, um, the school curriculum in this country. Uh, another person or uh, a group of people who are responsible for delivering these services are peer educators who have been trained by civil society organizations to teach young women the sex practices. Health workers, gynecologists, counselors, and psychologists are also um, are also people who are to deliver these services as well. Okay. Um, still on what and where, I'm speaking with Enotomo Tobi. Okay, are young women in Nigeria getting the right sexual and reproductive health services and information? Yes no. or no, and why? <laughs> no, they are not. They are not because out of the 45 million women of reproductive age in Nigeria, 9.5 million had or met um, need for modern contraception in 2019. Like a whole 9.5 million women did not have access to contraception services. And due to this, they were. Um, there are about um, 2.5 million cases of unplanned pregnancies every year, every year. And more than half of these unplanned pregnancies lead to abortion. So this shows us clearly that, you know, young women do not have access to, like, this information. Because if they have access to this information, they would, um, they would get uh, in touch with their primary uh, care workers in, in their um, hospitals and ensure that they get contraceptive. So that they will not have unintended pregnancy and so they will not have to go through unsafe abortions. Because if all unmet need for other contraceptions were, were met in Nigeria, all intended pregnancies would drop by 37%. So this is showing us that no young women keep getting pregnant, they keep having unplanned pregnancies, they keep going through abortion, they keep um, contracting STR, STD. Uh, because they do not have adequate or they do not have um, correct and factual uh, information that they need on navigating their sexual reproductive um, and lifestyle. Okay. So, um, would you like to share with us the realities of young women in accessing SRH services and information? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think one key thing that has been uh, that has always been is that the the the, the um, contraception services in hospitals, the people, the healthcare workers who are delivering them, only few of them are uh, friendly. Only few of them administer these services in, an, in a safe and private environment. 
so there's this problem of lack of informal services where when unmarried women or girls go to um, go to hospitals um, for contraception services, they are asked ridiculous questions that slut uh, shame them for having premarital sex. So um, as a result of this, young people, young women and girls kind of uh, hesitate to go to hospitals to seek contraception services, to go for STI, STD testing, because they do not want to be met with judgment, they do not want to be met with, um, with, um, with slut shaming. Yeah, they do not want to go through that. So there's, there's lack of family services. Also, parents, um, Parents, guardians, um, leaders, um, teachers—they, they, they, they are also part of the problem because because of sociocultural norms. So they, when they when they think that you're having sex, shame you instead of them to provide information that would help you actually have the healthy and a safe uh, sexual life. They shame you and, and talk you out of having sex. Actually, you will not be able to go to them when you actually have. A problem, say a teenager gets pregnant, she will not probably be able to go to her parents uh, to know what to do about it, and she might end up having an unsafe abortion. Mm, that's very bad. Okay, let's look at the, the um, men folk. From your experience, how are they taking this in? Have they been helpful? Well, I think it, it's a touchy problem. I'm going to get to that, but. You know, out of all the different kinds of contraceptives we have, um, there are only few methods that men can use, and that's the uh, male uh, condom and the uh, vasectomy. Like those are the two, and the spermicide as well. I think spermicide even goes into the woman's uh, um, heart. So, but there's, there's there's such an array of contraceptives that women can use. There are like a number of them. So it shows that the responsibility of um, of contraception, the responsibility of maintaining a healthy and safe sexual lifestyle is like majorly placed on women, and this is not right. So when we have shown that okay, women are supposed to even even like for when women are growing up, uh, children are growing up, girls are told to keep their virginity for for their husbands, right? So this places the, the responsibility on girls. So this makes boys think when they are growing up that oh, they can do whatever they want to, as long as the women keep themselves, as long as the women are safe. So I don't think the men folks, in quotes, are doing enough because the society has already told them, see, you can do whatever you want to do with your body. But the women, they have to make sure that they are on their game. They have to keep their bodies. They have to use contraceptive and, and all that. So they are not doing enough because the society tells them they don't have to do enough. Mm. Okay. So what should be done to improve access to sexual and reproductive health services and information for young women in Nigeria? Okay, uh, first of all, I think um, comprehensive sexuality education needs to be institutionalized. It needs to be part of uh, school's curriculum. If there's a way the Ministry of Education and see to that, it would be very good. Also, the Ministry of Health needs to see that there is no entrance to sexual and reproductive health care services such as contraception, antenatal care, sex and vaccines for sexually transmitted diseases in hospitals. There also should be youth-friendly services. The healthcare workers need to have a behavioral change that they, they attend to young people in a friendly manner and they do not judge them, they do not stigmatize them, they do not shame them. There also needs to be um, 
accessible environment for SRH services in hospitals, especially for people living with disabilities. So we, we, the services people living with disabilities who are also um, sexually active or who need um, um, reproductive health care services in hospitals, so the services they have access to also has to be very inclusive and the environments where they are receiving these services have to be accessible for them. There also has to be um, parents and guardians also have to take on the responsibility of teaching their children and world sex education. And also there should be free sexual and productive health um, services. And also um, I think um, HPV vaccine, asthma tests, which are very expensive for young women in Nigeria should be subsidized. Mm, okay. What about the young women themselves? What is your own word for them? What do they need to do to rise up beyond the level they are now when it comes to information about their sexual and reproductive rights? Okay, I think the most important thing is that young women out. Shame is a very powerful weapon that this um, the society has wielded against women who are having sex or women who do not know how to um, how to like live a healthy sexual lifestyle. So young women should, should try to break the barrier of shame. They should speak out, ask questions, ask the right people questions so they get the right information. Mm. Yes, they should not be scared to ask questions. Okay. The right people. All yeah. right. What about in places where um, they cannot readily go out to ask the information? Uh, maybe schools, what do you have to say? You know, some of the students, they are at school and then um, they're afraid of reaching out what needs to be done what do you have to say to school proprietors or teachers okay how many minutes do i have <laughs> three more minutes okay good so when i was in secondary school um there was this thing called peer education okay that i went through when i was in secondary school and it was an integral part of my own life and still is right now mm. so i think that kind of um that kind of um scheme where um, then it was COPS members who came to teachers about how to have a healthy sexual license. I was in my secondary school, I was in GSS 2 or GSS 3 then. So if schools can have it in their curriculum on teaching emotional intelligence, and in that emotional intelligence, they teach uh, children how to have like a healthy relationship. And okay. it's like having healthy relationship, having healthy sexual relationship is part of it. And having healthy sexual relationship also leads to like, having a healthy sexual lifestyle. So you get what I'm saying? Like, if schools can like, um, have it as a, as a part of their own curriculum when they see, okay, at this class or in this class, the girls or the boys are reaching puberty. This is the time we need to feed them the right information on how to have the healthy sexual lifestyle or how to like abstain from sex and be protected from this information as they grow up. Okay. All right, then. Thank you so very much. Emita Motobi Nimisiri. Thank you so very much. It's been quite amazing speaking with Anita Motsubi Nimisiri on the issue of realities of young women navigating access to sexual and reproductive services and information. Uh, she's been able to talk about what needs to be done, the services that need to be provided, and the right information the young women need now. Okay, and uh, don't forget that this program comes up every Tuesday at 1130 AM and it's a program sponsored by Vision Spring Initiatives with support from the Global Fund for Women. Okay, what and where is a program responding to SRHR needs of women and girls 
in a pandemic. For more inquiries, you could check their website, Vision Spring Initiatives, visionspringinitiatives.org. Should you need more information about uh, what we talk about or any information relating to Vision Spring Initiatives, you might also want to um, get in touch with them via their numbers if you want to have a personal information or personal chat or you have questions and comments you want to uh, give out to them you could send us whatsapp 0805 897 5897 and we'll always pass it across thank you so very much toby also toby you have information uh for us concerning how to get in touch with vision spring initiatives um yes you can just um send us a message on our instagram at vsi underscore ng and we'll respond immediately okay thank you for coming on the show this morning and i wish you all the best stay with us program continues on 89.7 fm yeah this too Thank you. Yeah, I have about three more episodes to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs>